Hello, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Mr. Mitchell in the building. I'm waiting upon, oh, there he go, there he go. Now we got, Now I got the crew. I got the crew in the building now. State of the New York Knicks podcast. I got my guy, Mr. Mitchell. I got my guy, Kyle, on the pod tonight. We going three to, three, three to hallway tonight. First... I'm going to come to Mr. Mitchell. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. Um, really enjoyed that draft, actually. All right. All right. All right. Kyle, how you doing, I'm brother? great, man. I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. A lot of... I'm That's moving. good. That's good. I'm excited about the movement. The lone Laker fan on the pod tonight. <laughs> so, let's get right into it, fellas. Um, Kyle. I want you to start it off, bro. Uh, who was your top three biggest winners of the draft? And who was your losers? Well, as far as winners, I'm going to have to go with number one being the Pelicans. They added they added a big, which oh, they oh, definitely okay. needed. They oh. added, of course, Zion Williamson, the greatest player in the draft. But they also... They also added another pick that I I really, really like. Next, I'm going to go with the Hawks. The Hawks, right. they added exactly what they needed. They got a guard. Somebody can, if Cam Reddish can actually feel his potential, they'll be in for something in the future. I'm going to also go with the Cavs. I like Darius Garland. Whoa. I was just telling you. I was just telling you how much I love Darius Garland. I don't, Whoa. I don't think that they could be far from far from what what the, the Portland Trailblazers started building with two with the two guards set. I seen it work with the Suns too. So I mean I heard the the coach also from college, Beyond, he's going he's going to incorporate some of the same two guard sets that he did in college. So I'm I'm really excited about what that's gonna look like. Been one of my favorite players coming out of the draft the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know how okay. I feel about him. All right. All right. All right. Gave me good, three good, good solid winners. I, I don't need your losers yet. I don't need your losers yet. Mr. Mitchell, who is your draft winners, bro? Uh, Yeah, number one, I'm probably going to go with the New Orleans Pelicans. Like, they've, they've just rebooted something shocking. Like, they're going to be a force, that young team. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with them at number one. Uh, number two, um, I have to agree, um, Atlanta Hawks, they did really well. Um, that trade for the number four to get DeAndre Hunter, um, I think it's going to add um, good defence to that team. Um, he's got two-way potential in the, in the same light as Kawhi Leonard. So um, I thought that was, that was definitely a good pick at the four for them. Um, uh, yes, yeah, most definitely. As for the third, most definitely. As for the third, um, I'm actually going to go around Knicks. Um, with just with simply the two picks they got, I, I think they went um, safe. Obviously, with the three at RJ Barrett, um, and I think he was obviously the pick probably the last the week or so. Um, and and just moving up to get. Um, I'm just going to go by his first name because I can really not pronounce his last name here. Um, Ignace. Um, I think he's a good get in the second round. 
His name um, is he, his his first name is is a doozy. But continue. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got um good perimeter shooting. Um, he looks. I mean, he's going to get stronger, but he looks strong. Um, from what I've seen in in um, highlight footage and stuff like that. Um, they can get to the rim and stuff. So he, he's and he's played with RJ um on the Canadian team. So I think that um that's a bit of a bonus as well. Right. Um, I'm gonna go straight for the losers then, since both of y'all picked the winners. Cause I I agree with both of y'all. Um, I like the Atlanta Hawks draft. I like the Pelicans draft. Um, my my third winner though, I'm gonna go a little different, just for 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 this one. I'm gonna say the Minnesota Wolves. Um, Jared Culver is a great pickup for their backcourt. They needed backcourt help. So I'm gonna go with the Timberwolves besides y'all picks. But the losers, Kyle, I definitely have to disagree with you. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers got the biggest F in the draft. <laughs> I, and I love what you explained, the two guard set. We've seen it in Phoenix, but I don't think it works. I don't think it equals championships. I don't think it equals sustained winning. Um the Lakers, I wanna, I'm intrigued because you guys had no draft picks. And, you know, me and my co-host, we ridiculed Palenka. Uh, <laughs> he bought two draft picks. And I would like to know, well, two or three, I believe so. But I would like to know <coughs> your thoughts on the draft picks that the Lakers got. Well... Taylor Horton Tucker, I feel like he's kind of exactly what we need in today's NBA. So adding him to the team, of course, I mean, he's 6'4", but he can play. I'm not going to say he can play the point guard in this NBA, but I think he can play the 2 through 4 at least guarding 2 through 4 I've seen him even guard some fives in college. So I'm really excited about what he's going to bring. He also has playmaking ability and also shot-making ability. I don't look to him to be a major piece, but we need people to fill out that roster, and I think he could definitely be somebody that could fill out that roster. True. Very true. Continue. Um, who, 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 else, who else is it that – that is the only person I've seen that was, uh, that was uh, drafted by the Lakers. But I'm hoping – I'm hoping – you know, I told you, I'm hoping we can get Shamari Ponds. I like him as a point guard. Mm. I like him as a point guard undrafted. Naz Reed as well. I like them two as undrafted free agents that the Lakers could possibly pick up. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um, I want to get into a little bit of free agency. Um, As you know, the Lakers went all in. And I'm going to shoot this question at Mr. Mitchell. Um, we both know me and you talked about the Lakers and we talked about how many draft picks they gave up. We also talk about Anthony Davis and me, and you have our reservations on Anthony Davis. I, I would, I, I would like for you to explain to Kyle, <laughs> Mr. Mitchell, the reasons why me and you are kind of, we're not really sold on Anthony Davis as a superstar. 
So I would like for you to, to get into that. Yeah. Um, well, it's going to be an interesting off-season, nonetheless, um, for the Lakers. Um, obviously, you know, um, adding AD, uh, 26 years old, um, with a, what, turning 35-year-old LeBron James, who's, who I guess you could still say he's at his peak, um, obviously coming towards the end of his peak. Um, so with Anthony Davis, I mean, my, my only qualm with him is is the injuries. Um and, and can he stay healthy to help LeBron? Um, because, you know, um, every, every, I mean, most people in the league, most fans respect LeBron, whether they like him or, or don't like him, they at least respect him. And it'd just be a shame in my eyes if this trade doesn't work out in the sense that AD is constantly getting hurt and he's constantly sitting. So LeBron, therefore, um, has to take on the on the load, which I mean, it's it's not uncommon for him to take on the load either. He's used to doing that. He's used to doing that in Cleveland. So, um, but do you want to put all that weight on a thirty five year old shoulders? Um, doesn't matter how great they are. Um, so the only thing with AD, as I said, it's all all pertains to health. Um, I personally think he needs. I've been saying for a while he probably needs to do something, whether that's in the gym or differently or with his diet differently. Um, to help with that. Um, yeah. Maybe LeBron can give him some pointers. <laughs> um, but, of course, <laughs> they've got to add the right pieces um, now. They've got to add the right pieces around those two. Um, they they really didn't do that for LeBron last offseason. Um, they went kind of waywards, I think. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, terrible. Yeah. They just need to add the right pieces to help those two guys, put it that way. Me, I'm a, I'm not, I, I always get at Kyle. You, Kyle, you know this. We argue plenty of times about this and I always bring this up, but resume. And I bring up Anthony Davis' resume. Guy only been to the playoffs twice. He swept Portland. I don't give no credence to that. I don't think that's a big accomplishment in my eyes personally. Because I don't see Portland as a championship contender. So I don't see no W in him sweeping them. And for him to have New Orleans and not at least bring them to some type of championship contention is my downside on Anthony Davis. Now, I, I, I talk about a guy like Dwight Howard, and he brought his team to the finals. Three-time defensive player of the year award before he was 26. And I look at a resume of Anthony Davis, and I just think it's just horrible. So who Kyle, played? Who played? Who played on the? Who played on that team where Anthony Davis played the Golden State Warriors and got swept? Name me one player, please, because I can name everybody that played for the Orlando Magic's when they made that finals run. It was a whole lot of pieces over there. I mean, I can't. I can't. go ahead. Go ahead. Very true. Very true. I I can't disagree with that. But if you're labeled a superstar, then I should see superstar resume. And that's my grip about Anthony Davis. So, like, that's where we depart. (laughs) Um, Can I I just add, um, you know... AD's, you know, as talented he is, he's a generational talent, of course. Um, you know, it, I mean, it's not all his fault, of course, in, in New Orleans. Um, obviously, management's fault, not surrounding him with 
the right talent and enough talent. Um, you know, he's had bits and pieces here and there with Drew Holiday, Rondo and stuff like that, DeMarcus Cousins before he went down. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, um, you know, he's generational talent like LeBron. And, you know, the only the only sort of negative, I suppose, and it's only a slight negative that I'd, I'd hold against him when, you know, considering that they're both considered generational talents is LeBron has been able to, you know, take his team with practically, we'll say practically a bunch of nobodies to the playoffs, um, you know, just carry team. Whereas AD... He hasn't really shown that yet, I, I guess. Not not on a on a consistent basis, I guess, like LeBron has. Um, but I mean, hey, like teaming, maybe that maybe that's a thing with AD. Maybe he does need to team up with another right. superstar. Maybe he's not right. And, and and that's my thing also. Like people comparing this to any other situation LeBron's ever been in, I honestly don't feel like LeBron's ever been in this situation. You can't compare Anthony Davis' production to. Kevin Love's production. I mean, they show the same, though, though Though their numbers might have been the same prior to being with LeBron, the impact of Anthony Davis compared to a Kevin Love is like, it's uncomparable to me, honestly. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uncomparable. I... By far, by, uh, like, I, I would take, you know, because both, both have got injury history. Um, both boys, uh, but I would take uh, 100% healthy AD any day of the week over Kevin Love, right. for sure. Right. And now it's who and it's so, who wants to come. I, I like I like Shumpert. I like it's a lot of it's a lot of movement going on in the NBA boys. It's a lot of a lot of movement. <laughs> so here's the here's the next thing. Now that now that we know who got drafted, where they got drafted. Free agency right now, I don't even think the top subjects should be the top tier free agents. I think the top subjects should be the bottom tier, the the, the role players, the Patrick oh. Beverly's of the world, right. the, the Danny said, Greens of the world. The Shumpert. Like, so, I, honest, I like Shumpert. It, I, I like Shumpert. Shumpert reminds he me. Was, he was actually doing I was going to say he was actually doing really well with the Kings, but I, I thought he played better with the Kings in their system than he did with the Rockets. I agree. I agree. Yeah, even before he got traded to the Rockets, he was doing really well where he was at before that. The Rockets kind of like threw him off track a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But um, I also like you said Patrick Beverly. I like him. The Al Horford. <laughs> I wonder where he goes. Like I think wherever Al Horford goes is really going to make a real impact. Like. Off the rip. What type of contract do you think he could get, though? I, what what type of contract you think he could get, and which what do you think he's thinking? Is he thinking championship contender? Is he thinking I'm gonna go get the money? Is he gonna pull a David West? I think he's thinking it, both. I think he wants to. I think he can still get paid. He's worth it. He's Probably all star. He still plays a lot of defense. He can shoot. He's a big. A lot of people can't do that in the NBA. He's needed. I think he can garnish at least eighteen to twenty. But if he wants to take a pay cut, I mean, any team would take him. Any team. True. True. Um, Mr. Mitchell, my guy. A question. And then Kyle, I want you to I want you to tackle this question too. 
the Denver Nuggets tonight just got ball ball. And they and they got Michael Porter Jr. waiting in the wings. What is the ceiling for the Denver Nuggets next year or the year after? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Um, well, with the talent they've got there now, obviously with both Porter Jr. and Bol Bol coming back off injuries, um, you know, I, I think they've got a lot of potential there. They've got a lot of good young talent on the roster. Um, I dare say, you know, if I could see them maybe looking to trade someone, whether that's for extra picks in the future or, you know, some you know, talent in other areas, it might be um, Will Barton. He might yeah. be an odd man out eventually, maybe through this free agency, I have a feeling. But um, apart from that, you know, guys with, you know, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris... Um, the Joker. Um, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do yet with Millsap. If they're gonna, if they're gonna keep him around, or if he wants to stay around on a cheaper deal, maybe. Um, but I mean, you know, they've they've got good coaching. Um, obviously, a good GM in place as well. Um, so, Bobo's potential. It, it, I mean, you know, it can Ooh. go either way. Um, oh, it just, it just depends on, I, I guess, on his effort. Um, and, and his motor more more so than anything. Um, I think that was a real big red flag and question mark with a lot of scouts was his was his just effort at times and his motor. Um, so if if that if they can both you know come to a standard that you know everyone's happy with, then he he could be something else. You know, um, sky could be the limit for him talent wise. Yeah, I think that's going to be amazing having Joe Kick and Ball Ball. I mean, I think they're interchangeable, and they're both passing bigs, ball handling bigs. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen there. And Michael Porter, you know, I love him. Michael Porter Jr. can really put the NBA on notice. I thought he was one of the best players in that draft, honestly. So if he can come and play the same game that he's always played, and come back to normal, I think they'll really be. And that's interesting you also said about Willa Thrill. I love Willa Thrill, and I hope they don't give him up. But I think you might be right because he's really valuable, and I think he can he can score 17 to 20 points any given night. He's a bucket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Another team, because I'm, I'm like – you know what, we might as well, you know, get into a lot of these teams in the NBA, a lot of the young teams, rather. Another team that I love they draft, the Memphis Grizzlies. Woo! Oh, yeah. They got Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, who was second in the NCAA block percentage-wise behind Zion, first in the NBA in steal percentage, I believe, or is second, defensive monster, and you get John Moran. And out of the trade from Utah, they got a guy, Cal, that you told me about, that you like, Grayson Allen. Oh, and man. the sky is the limit for the Memphis Grizzlies. So, to, 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 to go to you first, Cal, and then to you, Mitch, Mr. Mitchell. Okay. How do you, how 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 do you like in the ceiling for the Memphis Grizzlies as far as talent wise and what they could do in the West? 
Well, I mean, I, I think they have a good team for the future. I wish they would have kept Michael Conley to kind of be in a mentorship role for John Morant and make him be the real heir apparent. I just, my only concern with young teams is the mentality, the winning mentality. You know what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I really got them probably being in the lottery again next year, maybe even, you know, probably the same pick <laughs> in the top three. But yeah. for the future, like, I, I'm really high on Jerm Jackson. I'm really. Repeat that again, Calvin. Sorry. I said they can get that old thing back. They can get Grindhouse right on back. Like, I I think the defensive players that they they got, I think John Morant, he's an underrated defender. I think he just really wants it more than anybody else on the court. And Jaron Jackson, he's a a problem. He's a problem. He's a problem. For the future, the sky's the limit. I do have them back in the lottery in the top five next year, but Again, the size of limit. <laughs> Mr. Mitchell, how you feeling about him? Yeah, I uh I like the picks they got. Um I, I think they've got their mindset obviously for the future. I don't think they've got their mindset for next season and possibly the season after. Um they're yeah. definitely building well uh probably about four or five years from now. Um, maybe even three, I'll give it even short. Um yeah, Brandon Clark, uh, I think's a good front court partner oh my for Jared Jackson. Hell That's yeah. going to be amazing. Defensively, it, it, it's going to be amazing um, once they click. Um, John Morant, I mean, you know, he speaks for himself. Um, I, I thought the whole time he's the best point guard in the whole draft. Um, I love his passing ability. Um, you know, there's the stuff I've seen him do throughout the, the season, you know, and he... He was averaging, what, 24.5 points per game, 10 assists, uh, what, 49.9 field goal percentage, um, 81.3 from three um, free throw. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, you couldn't ask for a better replacement for Mike Conley. I mean, it's a shame they, they kind of had to move on. But I guess, uh, you know, that was happening last year when, when they shipped out Gasol. I thought, well, that's the end of, of the uh, grit and grind era. Um but, yeah, as I said, anywhere between three to five years from now, they're going to be a, um, a team to look out for in the West for sure, yeah. just with those three young guys anyway. Yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm loving that team too. Loving that team too. Okay, going down the list. Another team. This is my sleeper in the West, Western Conference. This is my top three team. Going into the Western Conference next season, the Utah Jazz. Now – the Utah Jazz, we we all know they picked up Mike Conley, great player, average twenty one per season, thanks to David Fisdale, Paul. Gass- I mean, Marcus also thank David Fisdale as well for getting him to shoot threes. Thank him for his ring. Um, I'm I'm loving Utah. I'm loving the Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell backcourt. The Darius Baisley pick is what I'm really liking, and. He's another guy. Did not go to college. Skipped college. Did a. And I mean, the sky's the limit. The only player that I don't like is Rudy Gobert 
and I love his defense, don't get me wrong, but his offense, and I hate centers that cannot shoot anymore. So, um, Mr. Mitchell, I'm going to go to you first. How, how are you feeling about Utah and my prediction of being a top three team in the West? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I definitely could see him definitely being, say, uh, top five. Um, even top six or something like that, for sure. Um, they're definitely going to be up there with that backcourt. Um, I'm liking that backcourt, you know, because you've got a veteran point guard with a with a young shooting guard. Um, Mike Conley, Conley, for years, I believe, has been very underrated as a point guard. You know, he's he's been near enough and borderlining on on All Star a few times. Um, so. No, I like that backcourt. Um, and, I, and I also like um, their pickup of Darius Baisley. Um, you know, he, he possesses very good size for a forward. He measured at 6'9 in shoes with a 7-foot wingspan. Oh, man. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, he's got an improving, what, 208, 210-pound frame to go along with his impressive combination of quickness and explosiveness that he's got. Um, you know, so I, I think that was a good pickup. Um I think with also with Ingles there still, um, you know, with his three-point shooting, especially when he gets going, um, Gobert, of course, their defensive stopper. Um, Snyder's a good coach. I think they'll be thereabouts anyway, and, and they'll all definitely be in the eight. They'll definitely be up in the playoffs, I, I believe. All right. All right. All right. <sighs> now, going down the list. I was being so cool. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, what you was about to say, Cal? I, I was going, I was going to say, I hate to disappoint you, but continue. I just feel like Utah might be the odd man out, and it all, what? Like, it all comes down to Mike Conley. <laughs> it all comes down to Mike. Yeah, it all comes down to Mike Conley. Well, I have to. If he, yeah, I, I, the, he, he's a great player. He's a great player. I love him. But if he finishes the season, how many games is he going to play? Yeah, that's my only concern. That's my only concern. I have to. And I have to agree. I have to agree. Um, he has to stay healthy, obviously, for this this backcourt to really yeah. click and work. Um, as I said, it, it, it pertains to health again. It, it's another another guy like AD, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, she's going to come down to how uh, you know how many games they play, how often they're on the court. Um, but hey, if he if he has a good run with health. It could be something um, that that cool. Yeah, I think they will go probably as far as he goes. Like honestly, I, I love Donovan Mitchell. He, but as far as like for them to really make a playoff run, I think they're gonna go as far as he goes. Yeah. Um, I, I got the Thunder doing a lot better. They were sick. Hell and no. I, and I, I had and, and I say Russell that Westbrook, Paul no, George, I, no. I, I have them. I have no. them being a lot better. The Nuggets. I'll give you. I'll same, give you. I'll give you both a surprise, and and Slizzy, you know I've been going on about this team in the West. Is is the Kings? I'm actually interested to see yeah, what they're going to do I, I in was, the offseason. I was right behind you with that one. That was my next team that I was going to say they were out the playoffs, and I feel like they're going to make the playoffs next year too. Mm, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean they look good. So I mean, I got I got Spurs and Utah out. I got... Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> yeah. I, I have the Spurs and Utah out of the playoffs. Next I got year. the Spurs yep. out. I got. I agree with that. Yep. What I don't agree with is the um 
the Utah being out. I got Utah as a top three team. I Everybody got can't make. I got Houston out right now. As of right now, wow. I got Houston out. Wow. As of wow. right now, because okay, because I got Utah. I got the Lakers. I got the Clippers. I got the Pelicans. Oh, Jesus. And the Warriors are not in there. The Nuggets are not in I got the Warriors, the Nuggets. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you can't count the Warriors out as long as they got Steph. No, never. You know? Never. Ne- never. I, I, I think Steph Curry might win MVP next season. Honestly. Honestly. Yeah, he could just go off, like explode. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, cause, yeah, because I you seen it in the playoffs. He was taking damn near thirty shots with no Clay and no KD in the lineup. So I mean, I, I should I if he can have a Harden type, huh? He can have a Harden type season. He definitely yeah. can. Yeah, he definitely yeah. can. But yeah, he definitely can because it's it's crazy. You know, Curry's the greatest shooter. of that ever touched the basketball because even when he shoots more volume shots, he still has the same percentages. Like that's how amazing that guy is. <laughs> and that's oh, he, did, he, he did have a good start with his father, I suppose, didn't he? he yeah, yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> um, another team, I, and. This is a team I think that could probably sneak in next season as well. And the Sacramento Kings, you 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 just brought him up, De'Aaron Fox. And this is my thing about Kevin Knox, that I compared Kevin Knox to De'Aaron Fox as far as growth. De'Aaron Fox was really bad his rookie season. I, I, like, he, he was bad. So... He comes back second season, averages 18, 7, 36, 36, 37% three-point shooting. He upped his field goal percentage. You got a guy like Buddy Hill, who, Cal, you was – who I actually learned about him through you, so I appreciate you for that. And Buddy Hill, who was a star, is averaging 20-plus points this year. Top three-point percentage – Field goal, a high field goal percentage, top three point percentage in the league. Well, top five actually, because I know Joe Harris is number one. Um, the Kings. If y'all both gonna say they make the playoffs, then my question, and I'm gonna start with you, Cal, is. 50 or more wins or 50 or lower wins? Um, I mean, I think they'll be fighting for that for that last spot. I don't know. I, I think just the same way it might come down to that last – those last couple of weeks, I think it's going to be the same way. But I think this time they'll prevail. I think they'll win enough games that – I want to see what Marvin Bagley. I'm so excited to see what Marvin Bagley does next year because he was doing really good before that. That's your guy. That's your guy. He was doing really good before the injury. So I want to see what he brings to the table. 
And Harrison Barnes, if he re up, I, I rather he if he comes back or not, I still have them as a playoff team. Poof. I mean, Mr. Mitchell, how you do you feel like they could win 50 games? Because winning 45 games, I don't think makes the playoffs in the West, to be honest. So, well, so. I, I have I have to say, yeah. And um, I'm with you on um, Buddy Hield and Marvin Bagley there, Cal. I absolutely love both of them. Um, and I thought Buddy Hield for you know for a little while there was a bit underrated, um, but he kind of you know exploded with Sacramento um, this past season. I think put his name right out there um, in conversations. I think with that backcourt, um, you know Bagley up front. Um, you know I, I think they're going to easily get 50 wins. I think they're going to go a lot better. This season, um, I don't know what they're going to do. I'd be interested to see what they do with with Bogdan, um, because he went a bit backwards. Um, yeah. you know, the season season before last, he was more impressive for me with his three point shooting and that, but he took a little step back. I, I thought so. I'm not sure what they'll do there. Um, I'm kind of hoping they'll they'll bring Barnes back because I mean, it's even even with the talent, young talent they got, you know, no. Big name free agents probably looking at them, so they'd probably be better off bringing someone like Barnes back. Um, and I also think for them to get over that hump, I, I do think they need to move on from Corley Stein. Um, I was a fan initially, um, but I just started to notice like he's it, his motor doesn't seem really good. You don't um, work some hard. games, he's, yeah, yeah, and and some games his heart doesn't seem to be in it. You know, like whereas other games you're like, wow, look at you know, look at this guy. Um, you know, so I think they they're probably looking at an upgrade in center. Um, they've just got to choose the right center, see, because they can't choose someone that's not going to fit their fast paced system. So I'm I'm not even sure if if Vucevic would be good for them because I, I think he might be a little bit slow for the type of tempo that Fox will be running. Um, so yeah, I guess they have to. It's hard because. As bad as Corley Stein can be, he can, he can keep up with the pace. Um, so that's hard to find. Um, so yeah, he's yeah. just an athlete. He does he doesn't even love it. Honestly, he was a football player before he even became a basketball player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's he's just yeah. As I said, some nights you're like wow with him, and then another night just like get him off the court, like <laughs> you know. Right, so. I <laughs> Yeah, he can let you. He, he can either he can either get you some decent points and rebounds in one game, and then really let you down the next. So he's just too inconsistent. And I think if they can get an upgrade at centre, that's going to help them immensely. Um, and yeah, as again, it just all depends. They've got to look for the right centre to keep up with Fox and them boys. It's funny because I'm. I just want y'all to both talk about this real quick, and then we can go to the next team. But I think the Sun is already on the team. Um, Cal, a, a guy you told me about a couple years ago, Henry Giles. I think yeah, that's part of the reason Harry, why Harry Giles, yeah, yeah, Harry Giles. I think that's part of the reason why uh, Dave Georgia. Uh, I'll probably butcher his name. I apologize, but I think that's probably <laughs> the reason why he got fired too. Was because he wasn't playing the kids and. Yeah, you know when you I love Harry Giles, bro. Yeah, I I love him too. So because at first I didn't like him, but you know Calvin, 
he tells me about these guys about a couple years. So he'll tell me his name and he'll be like, I right, watch this guy. So I, I seen him play and I'm like, a couple games and you see him give you a double double and you see he could got he got the three point shot. And I think if he's utilized in the correct way, I think you got a most improved player of the year award weighing on that roster um at the center spot. Yeah. Um yeah. next team. I would like to talk about the Pelicans because man <laughs> they get the fourth pick, trade back, get a center for – they get Jackson Hayes, a guy that, you know, Mr. Mitchell, you spoke to me about. Um, They get Zion, and it's – I mean, man, you got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo. You got multiple top three picks on your starting five. So, for me – I'm a guy who's high on Lonzo Ball, and I believe Lonzo Ball will make Zion Williamson a superstar and will be the guy to facilitate Zion staying in, on, stay, well, staying in New Orleans. Um, Zion with Lonzo is an interesting pairing for me because, you know, Lonzo, he's not as aggressive, and he can pass the ball. He has great vision. Seven assists last year, seven rebounds, but he does not score a lot. And he's he got Brandon Ingram, and you got a great young core, and you still have Drew Holiday. So, Kyle, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with you first. Um, how are the Pelicans destined for the playoffs next season? Because I know Brandon Ingram is your old guy because he was on your Lakers and Lonzo. So I'm interested in hearing what you're gonna say. Well, I wouldn't say they're necessarily destined for the playoffs. I do think they have a shot to make it interesting. I've watched Lonzo, well, Brandon Ingram especially, being that he's been a Laker for for the longest. But I've watched both of them enough to kind of get a good eye on what they can do. And I think as far as affecting winning, Alonzo Ball, he's a he's a winner, and he does make winning plays. But I don't know if Lonzo and Brandon Ingram can affect winning enough to make it over that hump. I think Zion, we got to see what Zion brings to the table because that's going to start everything, honestly. I think what the Pelicans do next year is going to start with Zion. And his skill set, is going to automatically translate. I think what he does, it's, it's not too hard. It, it's, he's not a shooter. He's going to – he's like a bull in the china shop. Like, he's going to get to the rim and he's going to attack. He's going to get alley-oops all day from – I mean, from uh, Lonzo, which I'm looking forward to. But yeah. will, it, will it affect winning? That's the only thing I'm worried about. I, I think that Brandon Ingram and Lonzo are winning players. But I don't know if they can make winning plays yet. Their IQ is just <laughs> it's, it, it, I, I gotta I gotta see it. Drew Holiday can be like a common force for him. I think he's a veteran. He's a great player. So 
maybe he can kind of be the leader for that team. But they're gonna need a leader. I don't think I don't I don't want to put all that on Zion's shoulders just yet. But I think they can be they can be a force to be reckoned with. I don't think you can just go to the Pelicans and think that you're gonna win that night. But eighty two games, I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Mitchell, how you feeling about the Pelicans right now? Well, I'll say a couple things first off. Um, they're going to be very fun to watch. Um, that, that's Definitely. what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're Definitely. also the, – the thing I'm excited about with them is they're going to have one of the most athletic front courts that I've seen in a long time with Jackson Hayes and, and Zion. Um, so that that's in itself going to be fun to watch. Um, I agree right. with Cal um, on Lonzo. Um, you know, out of him and Ingram – uh, I, I think he, you know, I mean, as I said, Magic lit a fire with Ingram last year and he was showing something before he went down. Um, but I think we still need to see more from him. Um, with Lonzo, um, I'm, I'm still not 100% sure on what's going to go on with his shot. Um, obviously, he's got funny mechanics and stuff like that. But reading the floor, being a floor general-wise, um, you know, he's superb. Um, I've always said that even if his shot doesn't come along, I think he's going to be like a... Rajon Rondo with just 10 times better defense, um, which is still okay. You know, um, mm-hmm. you don't need a point guard, I guess, to to score points if your shooting guard, your small forward and your power forward as such is getting you all the points. So as long as they can facilitate, um, that that's the main thing, um, which Lonzo can, um, and that's just going to improve. Um, I don't think they're going to be playoff contenders next year. I think maybe look at the year after. Um, give them give them a yell, year to gel together. Um, you know, give them a year under under Gentry with his schemes and stuff. So, but yeah, I, I definitely think they're going to be fun to watch, regardless um, of if they make the playoffs or not. Um, I just have a feeling they'll yeah. be another year off, and it depends on what vets they add too. Um, obviously, you know, it was the best thing I thought for them when they hired David Griffin. Um, I've always liked David Griffin as a front office guy. Um, he's making all the right decisions so far since being in the Pelican. So I, I guess he'll he'll make the right decisions uh, to get the right vets um, that are going to fit into Alvin's system and fit with these young kids. Um, at the end of the day, they're probably going to be one of the youngest teams in the whole NBA um, age-wise. So... That's another thing. They're, they're all coming in, like Zion and, and Jackson. I mean, you, you're not going to expect them to do what they've done in college against, you know, big men now. Um, you know, there's going to be some big boys waiting for both of them. Um, I've said it the whole time. Um, even even to a few, you know, lovers of Zion, you know, that they were just in love with him. I, I just said, you, you just wait. He's not going to be able to do what he, he did in college. Like, they're not just going to let him dunk on him, you know, and there's some big boys. How many points do you think he's going to average? I mean, I think he could easily average at least 15, um, at least, um, for his first season, which would be fantastic, obviously, for his rookie season. So, uh, you know, he's a big boy. He's got size, so he's not going to be pushed around. I understand that. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to go on the perspective, oh, yeah, he's just going to come in and dominate like he did in college, you know, not, not when you got, like, Giannis and, and LeBron and, and AD, you know, and, and guys out there, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, he's he's going to try and run through these guys. So, 
it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. Put it that way. I, I especially like going to like to see him go up against LeBron and yeah, um, that's going to you be know fun. just just <laughs> build guys. Yeah, yeah. They they asked him uh, who who was he looking most forward to guarding or going up against. And he said, "I'm looking forward to playing everybody. Everybody's going after you for me. I'm gonna get my respect from everybody." Yeah, yeah, and and. And I've always liked that. I like, and I like that. It. I like that. Yeah. 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 And and you got to respect that. Like he's a very humble kid. Um, which which is going to be good for him. Um, especially with spotlight going to be following him around everywhere. Um, but you know, don't uh, you know, fans out there of him and fans of the Pelicans just shouldn't have these high expectations of him. Not for his rookie season. Otherwise, it could be yeah. a letdown. You know, you you just don't know how it's going to play out for him. I I wish him all the best, of course. Um. But yeah, I, I I just don't see him first season being as dominant as what he was in college. That's that's for sure. I think he he might get a wake up call or two in a few games from a few big boys. You know. Oh yeah, he's going to catch a couple bodies. Some a couple people is going to get caught on guard. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the house, um, how you guys are feeling about the Phoenix Suns, um, Mr. Mitchell? I'm coming to you first with this. The the the, the Phoenix Suns, when you have Devin Booker, you got DeAndre DeAndre Ayton. I like Ayton's game, but he needs to extend it out to the three point three point line. Um, Jalen Lequay. The Suns picked him up undrafted for four years, two-year guarantee. I'm loving that draft pick. That's going to be the sleeper pick, I believe so. Um, How are you feeling about the Phoenix Suns right now and their drafting? The only thing I'm a little mad at is they took Cam Johnson, I believe, a little too high. That's just in my opinion. They want a character guy, so – and he can really shoot it, um, 47% from three, if I believe. So how are you feeling about the Phoenix Suns right now? Yeah, um, it was an interesting draft day for them. Um, I, I seriously thought they would have had point guard at the top of their list, um, and they waited till really late to um, to, to pick one up. Um, so I, I'm kind of interested on what their, their train of thought was going in. Um, you know, I think Cam Johnson, as I've been saying, for any team, um, is, is going to be good for a three and D guy. Like you know, th- from the three point range, he's is nearly as beautiful as Steph Curry. Um, you know, can do it in his sleep. So, you know, that that's going to be beneficial to to any team. So it's going to be beneficial to the Suns. Um, I think he's obviously going to be coming into either replace, I guess, TJ Warren that they traded away or um. Josh Jackson, who's got himself in a bit of trouble at the moment. If I don't know what they're going to do with him there, so yeah. I think they they've probably gone with a choice like that um, in in those regards because of those reasons. Um, Jalen Lequay, I, I think, a good point guard pickup for him. Um, but yeah, again, you know, um, I just can't understand the train of thought. I really, as again, I I just thought they were going to go for a point guard, being being in the position they were in. Um, so unless unless they um, in their front office think that they can get a point guard in free agency, 
um, I guess that's what they're thinking. So, yeah. Jesus. Cal, how are you feeling about the Phoenix Suns right now? Well, I mean, I like I like the pickups that they got, but I it, I don't see any of it moving the needle necessarily. But I do think with Devin Booker going into this next year and the team being a little bit under the system, I think it's time for something or they need to blow it up, honestly. And, I mean, it's hard to say that with such a young team, but Devin Booker, it, it – is he is he is are you gonna wait until he leaves? Because I don't see Devin Booker staying on the Suns for too much longer being a bottom dweller. Like, no, I think I he's gonna demand a trade. I, I agree. I think I think another season or two of this and he's gonna want out. Yeah, like I just I just don't see it. And I don't see any of these moves really moving the needle to where it's like they can even be in playoff contention, but so Good luck to them. I really do like Devin Booker. I also like DeAndre Ayton. I think if DeAndre Ayton steps up, then they won't need more pieces. But it's a, it's kind of a wait and see thing. I also like Bridges. Yeah. I just think uh, Josh Jackson. They they missed on that one. If they would have used that pick for maybe somebody else. They might be in a different different. Yeah. Point. No. I- I think the, no, the to so not the um cut you off and then I'm gonna let, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say this real quick and I'm gonna let you finish. Um, I think with Josh Jackson, I think he's another NBA player that just goes to the wrong organization, and I think he just never had the guidance that other rookies would have on other but teams. But he's so also had I think that's the reason why he's NBA failed so far about. Uh, personality issues that they also said. So I wasn't even surprised. Did you actually hear he, he also got into uh, a law incident like a couple weeks ago? Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 like my like my guy, Mr. Mitchell, always oh, say, okay, like, okay. We, we try to really avoid talking about it, <laughs> honestly. So I mean, that's... A, but uh, I, I I like uh, he had a this great guy. he had a great college season. I just I don't I, yeah yeah I, I can I compare him to kind of like a Justice Winslow, but uh, I haven't even seen that production that amount of production. Yeah, probably. Justice Winslow was no. way better. And player. and that with that I mean that that with and with his off court you know issues um you know it it, it comes in with his character um as well. Um, which I mean, obviously, isn't on the team that that's on the player when it comes to character. Um, right. You know, so especially with this latest incident, if he, you know, I don't know if he's been charged or or what yet. But I mean, if he gets charged with it, is is pretty damn bad. You know, especially if you're a family person, um, it's it's bad. Um, so yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I just have this feeling. I mean, if he gets found guilty and gets charged, I have a feeling they're just going to let him go. Um. I don't think there'd be any point in trying to trade him uh, because I, you know, I, I just don't know if any team out there is going to be interested. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult. One team, the Lakers. Are you kidding me? 
If he go on the open <laughs> market, the Lakers back. <laughs> kidding me? The Lakers. No, no, no. I would take. Speaking him. of speaking of undrafted players, though, and uh, Jalen Le- Jalen Laquay, uh, your Knicks, Chris Wilkes. I-, I like that. I like that, Chris Wilkes. <laughs> can you can you since you spoke up about the Knicks? <laughs> I guess we could get into the draft picks. Chris Wilkes, um, new name to me. From UCLA, average 17, 17 points per game, yeah. 43% shooting, 4.8 rebounds, 6'6", 210. I like him. I really did. I like them, I like them coming, even coming into college. I like them since high school. Mm. I really like them. It's, it's, uh, what position does he play? Shooting guard, point guard? He's a small forward. He's a small forward. Small forward. He's six eight. Really? Eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, what I thought as eight. well. I'm reading it here. It says six six. But I, I six, thought he was six, six eight though. as well. I thought he was. Six, I eight. mean. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, we do need shooting. We do need shooting. Um, the Knicks. <laughs> Funny you brought up the Knicks. We get R.J. Barrett. I'm so happy about that. Um, first player in NCAA history, 850-plus points, 250-plus rebounds, 150-plus assists. First player in NCAA history to average 20-plus points, 7-plus rebounds, 4-plus assists. Um, Can't shoot. 30% from three. <laughs> uh, 27% on pull-up jump shots. He's been working with Drew Halen. On his jump shot since leaving college, um, we got Mitchell Robinson, uh, highest block percentage for a rookie ever, uh, 161 blocks, uh, next rookie record. Uh, what more can I say? Uh, DeAndre Jordan helped this guy out. I hope he's shooting threes during the offseason. Um, Alonzo Trier. Another guy, 47% from field goal range, 40% from three, uh, 11 points per game. And you got my golden child, Kevin Knox, one of 16 ages to hit 100 plus threes, 121 threes in total, 35% from three, 37% from the field goal range, which is terrible, which I need him to get up. Um, 13 points a game, just about 4.5 rebounds. The Knicks is on a good path. We have Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nilakina. Um, I want to know, and I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna come to you first, Calvin, because I, I know me and Mitchell, we, 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 we talk Knicks. We, we've been talking about RJ Barrett for a couple of weeks now. So I want to know what, what player do you think RJ Barrett affects the most on the Knicks? in a positive way. And I asked you this question because I asked Jonathan Macri this question earlier, and he said uh, Dennis Smith Jr., and I was surprised. So well, I, I, I kind of like that pick with Dennis Dennis Smith Jr., just because they can get out on the break and and run. And I think that's something that RJ, when he's running up and down, it's kind of hard to stop him running downhill, going to the wars the rim. So I like that pick. Um, just to not use his, I'm gonna say Mitchell Robinson because Mitchell Robinson 
is a pick and roll threat to me, and it, it he didn't exploit it as much as I would have liked him to last year. But I think him and RJ can develop some type of chemistry to where they could be a pick and roll threat. I think Mitchell Robinson, also defensively as well, because I think RJ is really great defensively. Him and Mitchell Robinson, as far as guarding the pick and roll and running the pick and roll, can be really good for the future. But I like that Dennis Smith Jr. though, because that that up and down the court, the both of them are hard to stop going downhill. I definitely agree. Definitely agree, Mister Mitchell. Who 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 you think? Oh, um, he's going to yeah, affect. I'll, I'll get into that, and then um, way. I've actually got a question for Cal um pertaining to RJ Barrett. So, um. With, with your question, though, Sliz, um, I'll say that I have to agree. I, I think he might affect um, Mitchell Robinson um, the most. Um, with with Kevin Knox as, as probably second um, there. Um, just the fact that RJ, he, he, he can, I've seen him run on offense. Um, as, as I've said before, I've seen him run point guard. Um, that's why I said he's a good pick. You mean you can cover one, two, and three. Um you know, the, the the kid was, I think, as I said, I think he was born and, and, and groomed um, to, to be a star, um, you know. So I, I think him and Mitchell Robinson's combination and him and Knox uh, is going to work really well, um, even, even from like, you know, lob, you know, throwing up lobs and um, getting them to cut, yeah. uh, stuff I like mean, that. So, um, I mean... I love I, I I definitely love the Mitchell Robinson pick from both of y'all. I definitely love that pick. Um Yeah. I I'm Mookie say you think Mookie say you had a question. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've just got a question for you, uh Cal. Um just in your opinion, um what do you or who do, would you compare ceiling wise for RJ and where do you see him sort of coming along ceiling wise? Well, it, oh man, I, I hate answering this question because when I first initially seen him, I fell in love, and that was when he played U sixteen, U seventeen for uh Canada. And when I seen him, I said he can possibly be the next Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Seeing a little more in college, I have I didn't see that takeover Kobe Bryant ability late in fourth quarters when I wish he would have because, I mean, he had the ball in his hand, but it seemed at times he might have – I mean, he made the right pass by passing to Zion and making the right play, but I would like to see more of that Kobe mentality. And he did say uh, the Maple Mamba is his moniker that he's going by because of his Kobe mentality. So I do want to see more of that. So I I think his ceiling could be Kobe. Yeah. At the least, I think uh, DeMar DeRozan – and that's that's still saying something, honestly. I like DeMar DeRozan as well. Yeah, I like both comparisons. Yeah, and I can I can agree with both those comparisons as well. Um, you know, I, I agree. Before college, uh, I straight out thought Kobe myself. You know, just a Canadian version. Um, yeah. You know, with that Kobe and, and Jordan Killam mentality. Um, and I, I don't know if 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 the Duke system kind of 
and with Zion exploding, if that, that's another reason he kind of took a back seat a little bit, um, which in one sense, that just shows you he, he's unselfish, I guess. So, I right. mean, that, that's right. another good thing. Um, but I think, yeah, out of that system, out of, out of the, you know, shadow of Zion, I guess, um, he might show that again. Um, I believe he will. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. Um, um, I'll definitely be going to the next games to find out. Yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> we could definitely get some. We could definitely go to the garden now. Now it's safe. <laughs> um, Cal, <laughs> uh, since we are talking about the Knicks, I need to know your opinion on something me and um Mr. Mitchell was talking about. So he's talking about the Kevin Durant injury and how he ruptured his Achilles. Right. And we was we was both in agreement. Well, you signed Kevin Durant anyway. You let him sit. You let the kids play another year. You let them get their chops in. You If you can magically make the playoffs, okay, whoop-de-doo. If you don't, you still got about 37 wins. If that, and you could get a high draft pick, and then bring back KD in 2021, and then go for the title. Because getting Kevin Durant, it brings up the moral of the franchise. You have him around the kids. He's talking to them, giving them knowledge of the game. I think it will up their confidence because they know they got Kevin Durant coming the next season, and. I, I just want to know overall, do you think that would be a good idea for the Knicks? You said what would be a good idea? Do I, do I think getting Kevin Durant would be a good idea for the Knicks? Yeah. Of course. I mean, when you got a chance to get a top three, top five talent in the league, any way possible, you go and get it. I don't think that – I don't I – don't, think that waiting for him to recover is going to take away from anything that the Knicks are trying to do. It's honestly like money in the bank. Like It's money in your savings bank. Like You don't have to spend it right now. Necessarily, just like you said, you can get a pick, but even if you, even if it's, it's still going to be a lottery pick, regardless, you add in more players and more experience under your belt. Regardless, Kevin Durant, I mean, people making a lot about this injury, and I understand that a lot of people didn't come back to normal, but a lot of those people weren't seven foot, and a lot of those people didn't have a jump shot. It's nothing wrong with his shooting hand. Nothing wrong with his wrist. He'll be just fine. He might not have the same athleticism, but I don't think – Dirk Nowinski played a lot of good years in this league without athleticism. Just being a seven foot who can shoot. So All right. All right, Mr. Mitchell. How 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 you feeling about Kevin Durant now after the draft? After we get Cal Guy as well as your guy from Michigan. Two shooters. Um speaking of Cal Guy, I'ma show him a little love, a little bit of love. But Cal Guy was the most improved player of the Final Four, led the ACC in three-point three point field goals made. And that's another shooter, which the Knicks, the Knicks need. And they need shooting bad because 
Lord knows Dennis Smith Jr. could not shoot right now. I, I, and when Jonathan Mackley brought it up, I, I, I laughed a little bit and I said, are you sure? And he explained to me the reasons why. And it's the same as y'all reasons in the open court. Um, dynamic Dennis Smith Jr. is still 22 years old, so understandable. Um, Kyle, I want to know about the Nets. <laughs> mm, and uh, yeah, the Nets. I, you you wrote me earlier and you said the Nets was thirsty. <laughs> it's a little too thirsty. And now that I think about it. They declined Rondé Hollis Jefferson's cap hold, so he's an unrestricted free agent. They traded their first-round draft pick this year and next year, and they got back Tory and Prince. <laughs> now, D'Angelo has seen all of these social media things about the Nets signing Kyrie. Now you see the Nets don't want to sign Kyrie. So, Mr. Mitchell, I'm, I'm going to come to you first on this. And then, Kyle, I want you to, to, to give me a take on it. How should the Nets be a little worried right now that they gave up so much assets? Well, not so much, but they gave up assets thinking that they was going to go into free agency and things was going to go their way. Um, yeah, it, it depends, I guess, um, on how free agency pans out for them now. Um, you know, obviously they'd been linked for, for what, the last couple of months, um, especially the last month more so than anything with, with Kyrie. And now all of a sudden that looks to have turned sort of on its head. Um, so I don't know what, what they're going to do there. Um, I think their thinking is that they'll sign him if he's going to come with another with another superstar, um, and if another superstar isn't going to come, then they might turn off him altogether. Um, so this this could end up obviously not as bad, but it still could be bad for them in in the sense of when they made the trade with the Celtics years ago. Um, you know, <laughs> still going to set them back a little bit, type of thing. Again, just not on that level, but. It's still going to be bad for them in the sense that you know they they're going to be with stuck with a team that's just not going to get over the hump. It, it'll get to a certain point, and then that's as far as they're going to go. Um, you know, you see teams get to that stage a lot. Um, I think that's where Houston themselves are at at the moment. You know, can get get to a certain level in the playoffs, and then can't seem to get past that. You know, so um, just before I'll continue to. Uh, Sliz, um, I've just realised we're, we're actually not getting Kyle Guy. He's actually going to go to the Kings with the 55th pick. Oh, okay. Okay. So we did basically yeah. trade him Yeah, I was a bit disappointed when I seen that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I think it was maybe with the with the um, with the trade of pick with uh, where we got Ign- Ignis uh, Brezdikas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got we got two wings. We got two. I'm happy about yeah. that. I'm happy about that. Um. Okay. But yeah, but with with the Nets, as I said, as I mean, they can just stick to their plan, I guess, of of re-signing D'Lo. Um, I mean, they've still got a good young centre there in, in Jarrett Allen, um, which I absolutely love. The guy, I think he's a bit of a throwback to the seventies too, with that hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, you know, they, they've got Carice Levert. Um, so, that, I mean, there's three good young talents there um, that they can build around. Um, so it's not like it's it's going to put them in, in, in dire straits, I guess you could say. But um, if free agency doesn't play out the way they want it with a big name or two at least coming, then, you know, then they're probably not going to be satisfied with that, I dare say. <laughs> Cal, and Cal, before you go, I'm gonna ask, I'm, I want you to start off with this. On the Nets, what player will have to step up the most next season if they're going to make it anywhere to the promised land that's already on the roster? Well, well, are we talking about out of the first round? Because they made it to the playoffs. Okay, out of the first Maybe round. Me out of the first round? Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. That's the person that I'm going to say. And only because he's like, he went from, honestly, he was the team in the beginning of the season before he, he went down. I think he is that X factor now. Now that D'Lo has kind of arrived, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is that icing on the cake. And he can be the one to put them over the hump. Only because he has the shooting and playmaking ability to kind of play that combo guard with D'Lo. I, I would have liked to see Kyrie, but honestly, I feel like if you add in Kyrie to this roster, it's kind of just more of the same with less talented pieces because he can stay in, in Boston for all the, for all that. Um, but again, Spencer Dinwiddie, I think he's going to be the one to put them over the top. I like Karis LeVert too. But Spencer Dinwiddie, he showed me flashes that he could have been an all-star even before D'Angelo Russell. Okay. And speaking of the team you just said, the Boston Celtics. Um, Interesting draft night for them. They, they traded a first-round pick, but they definitely kept Romeo Langford. And they picked up Carson Edwards. Um very interesting about Boston Celtics because Al Horford is leaving. Kyrie is most likely leaving. And for me, honestly, I don't see them making the playoffs next season. It's a wait and see for me. Um, I don't know if, if Terry Rozier is really that lead guard that could lead your team to the promised land because – Understandable, he got to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, but that was when the Eastern Conference was weak. So I don't put really put no stock into that. Maybe he could show me another season of that. Jason Tatum, I think he's kind of overrated. People had him too high on the pedestal before he even earned it, and he didn't show me no type of improvement in second year. Uh, I say you could blame it on Kyrie, but you know things happen. Um, Cap, I'm gonna come to you. How, how, like, what it, what is the ceiling for the Boston Celtics, and how you feeling about they they hold draft night for the night? Well, I, I like I like the Romeo Langford pickup. Uh, I think he's a player that in the NBA his game will kind of translate a little better. I think him being on. That team, uh, it's not as many shots for him, 
but his style of play will translate. Um, I think that the Celtics' floor is maybe that 7th to 8th range, maybe 6th to 8th range. I do think that they will make the playoffs. I think they just have enough talent still because they honestly they're just so stockpiled right now that even if they they, they made the conference finals without Kyrie Irving. So I think they can get over that hump and again Brad Stevens is a great coach and his schemes are really good. I think that he can done and get the most out of the players that are there. Uh Scary Terry. I love Scary Terry. So I just think that he's on pace. You said most improved. I think Scary Terry might be somebody we could look out for most improved as well. Just by productivity alone without that Kyrie as long as they re-up on him. Also Marcus Smart. I just think they have enough pieces that that they can still get it done in today's NBA. I don't see any of the the bottom teams that made it out making a real push. Uh, the Wizards, I don't see them making a push. Uh, the Hornets, there's a lot of question marks there. Uh, I, I like I like the Hawks to make it interesting. But I didn't... I like Orlando. Oh, oh, well, I well, like Orlando. I think I got them making the playoffs again. But I don't see any team that... De- I, I got these same teams making it that made it this year. I don't think it'll be the same order, but... The same teams that made it this year, I think, in the East will probably be the same teams next year, with the exception to maybe the Hawks. And, I mean, depending on what free agents do what, maybe if Kyrie comes to the Knicks and KD, then... I don't want nothing to do with Kyrie, bro. But if you get both... I don't want nothing to do with Kyrie, bro. I'm gonna repeat that again, bro. I'm I'm sorry, bro. I'm I'm all the way off the Kyrie train, bro. Like I didn't so, let that train so, go so, past. So you want so you want KD to do it by himself? I prefer for him to come by himself. I don't think Dennis Smith Jr. and I, we don't get no. Other I, I was just gonna say I've got to stand uh, uh, a change of heart on one of the free agents that I thought might actually stay where he currently is, and that's Kemba Walker. I, I have a feeling because of, in my opinion, how poorly Charlotte kind of drafted. I was expecting a bit better draft. Oh my goodness! Um, I I don't think any free agents are going there either. Um, you know, even when they were back back there in the day, like you know, when they had Larry Johnson, that they still couldn't get anybody sort of big name-ish to come there to help them out, and then they all broke up and you know went elsewhere. Obviously, Larry Johnson to the Knicks and Alonzo Mourning to the Heat. So, you know, I think yeah. they're just in a position where I have this feeling Michael Jordan might say, offer the five years to Kemba, but I don't think it'll be a supermax. And and I've heard a bit of talk that he, he might be a little bit standoffish on giving him a supermax, but he, he would still give him a five-year deal. So I think at the end of the day for Kemba, it, it's, it's not about money. He's not a money player. He's not in it for the money. I think he's more in it to win. Um, he wants to win. He wants to get a ring. Um, what is he, 29, is he, uh, years of age? Mm-hmm. Um so he's, he's still in the prime of his career. So, you know, he's got to look at it like, is it going to be best for me to, you know, sign up here for five years and 
hope hope to Christ, you know, MJ and Kupchak can do something, um, or do I take my talents elsewhere? I, th- I think it's time for him to take his talents elsewhere, to be quite honest. Otherwise, it's just going to be wasted. Charlotte had a – yo, Charlotte had a horrible draft, man. They had a horrible draft. I think every pick they picked, I, I – I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I think – I think they got PJ Washington. I'm pretty sure, and I mean that's yeah. not a too bad pick. Um, don't get me wrong, but it's still not enough. I, I think to for Kemba to go. Okay, looking at this team on paper now with the draft picks added to it, is that going to be enough for me? And and I, he has to say no. Like honestly, not looking at that squad. I mean, you, no, it's not. They're not going to get there. <laughs> I agree. Oh, so so so. If you it, so speaking about Charlotte, I think PJ Washington is basically just Miles Turn. Like why, why would you get Miles Bridges and get PJ Washington? I don't, I don't understand that combination. I don't stand where they're gonna get the defense from. I, 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 I just don't get it. And you see, they, they, they constant poor drafting in the lottery constant i think they've yeah. been in the lottery in the past 10 years you pick cody zeller <laughs> yeah yeah Frank i mean that Kamitsky. yeah yeah <laughs> michael kick <Kidd> gilchrist <laughs> <laughs> malik monk and it and it's like you got to come on a realization where your player development system is terrible and the way you draft is just terrible you just need a well, whole makeover <laughs> I've actually I've come to think of it, actually. I've actually got a question again for Cal. Um, what's your opinion of, of Mitch Kupchak since he, he was the Lakers GM for so long? Uh, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think that he's he, – I think he's an intelligent guy, so no disrespect mm. to him. But yep. I – I think he's more impulsive than actually a guy to make the right decisions. I think that, like, for example, when we had a chance to get CP3 and our reason for not getting CP3 was because we didn't want to trade Andrew Bynum, who at the time, I mean, he didn't have any, any accolades to show for himself, just was a new star. If we had Chris Paul, Pau Gasol, and Kobe Bryant, for the future, I mean, we would have been in a greater position. I mean, we still won two championships, still made it through time, so I'm not, I'm not complaining. But at the same time, it's like, but then he also was impulsive in getting, giving Luol Deng for your contract to kind of keep his job. So, I mean, I think Mitch Kupchak is going to do what's best for Mitch Kupchak first to make it look good. Yeah, yeah. Worry about what what is best for winning. I don't think he's a champion. I don't think he's a GM that's looking for championships. I just think he's looking to keep his job. Honestly. Yeah. So, do would you would you say would would you go as far as saying that for Jordan he he's he's pretty much a yes man type type thing? Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a puppet. Because honestly, yeah. even who, why would he you give him a job right after he just got fired in a situation where you know he just gave two he he got basically 
gave us two bad contracts just to keep his job so that the Lakers look like we were on the up and up, you know? Like, and then you give him a, uh, you sign him right after that. I think Jordan knew what he was doing now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've, Jay, great, great player, but just a terrible owner. Like, <laughs> he just, you know, when, when he even put Rich Cho in charge, I was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Yeah, or even even the the, the head coach and uh, Clifford, I, I I like, I think he's a good, not a bad coach. He's not one of the worst coaches in the, in the league. But I always go back to like, what are you, what are you playing for? Are you just playing to get fans in the seats? Or are you actually playing for that Larry O'Brien trophy? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't. <laughs> Damn, Charlotte. <laughs> Um, I, I want to talk about another team who's just who who's been poorly run these past couple of years, but you know has they're still poorly run, and that's you go into the draft lottery, you don't have a GM. You go into the NBA draft, you still don't got a president of basketball operations, so we don't know who the hell is making the picks. <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm gonna come to you first, Mr. Mitchell. What what the hell is is, is the Washington Wizards doing? <laughs> yeah, that's it's a good question. I mean, um, I I did like the pick or that they picked of um. Rui Hachimura, um, you know, excellent pick by the way. Yeah, yeah, ec- excellent pick out of the picks that they that um, had. So, um, but yeah, that that's. I just don't know if it's going to move the needle. Of course, like it's, it's going to help them at the powerful. But now they've got to decide what are they going to do with Bobby Portis? What are they going to do with Jabari Parker? Um, they're still undecided about what they're going to do. One minute uh, with Bradley Beals on the trade block, the next minute they want to keep him and, and extend him. And um, so they're, they're a bit of a mess at the moment. And I think like the rumours going around that they want to try and, and, and chase uh, Messiah Yuri from the Raptors, um, I think that says a lot. Um, I, I think their owner... Um, He's come to an understanding that, that it has been poorly run and, and they have kind of cap-strapped themselves with the contracts that they've, they've given out, um, especially in the case of John Wall. Um, that's, I mean, it's a real shame uh, with John Wall's injuries, obviously, um, because he is, a, he is a tireless player and he is a good point guard. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know what direction they're gonna they're looking at going. Um, they're sort of in that in be, in between sort of ground at the moment because do they sort of uh, I guess how how you'd put a build on the fly uh, around Wall and and Beal, um, or do they go well look okay the contract of Wall is untradeable but we can still we've still got like contracts on here we could flip like in Bradley Beal's case so do they look at going full rebuild? And, and starting over and then waiting for Wall to come back. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a toss-up with them at the moment. As I said, I think they're just kind of in that, in that middle ground area where they, they sort of don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> oh, man. 
Cal, how are you feeling about the Washington Wizards and what are they going through right now? What do you think they should do? Yeah, no, I, I have to agree with everything he said. As far as what they should do, I just think only thing they can do is just keep compiling assets. Like, I, I think that's the only way to get better. They can compile assets and possibly look for a trade. Because, like you said, John Wall's contract is virtually untradeable unless you're going to trade him for Chris Paul. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't do that. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't think the Rockets even look at that either because, you know, you don't know, like, how much longer Wall's going to be out. You, you don't know what he's going to come back like either. So, it, it'd just be... In both both instances, it'd be pointless for them and it'd be pointless in the Wizards' regard because, again, CP3 at his age with his health as well. Like, both right. both contracts are really terrible for both teams. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, it's like they kind of just stuck. And I think – I do think John Wall is a great player. I do think Bradley Bill is a great player. And I think Bradley Bill has another level that he hasn't even – gotten to that he he showed me shades this year without John Wall that he can really take over a team and do some good things I think if they get some more pieces possibly maybe also land somebody or maybe even get like a big trade I mean Dwight Howard also was missing the whole year too so that 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 could have helped him as well not saying he would have changed anything too but Bradley Bill he, he put the team on his back to where if he had a little bit more help I think they could have made maybe made a playoff run. I don't know if they would have got deep, but I think they would have made the playoffs possibly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and they only had like they only stayed alive like they did because, like you said, because of Beal's play. Um, right. He did go up. He did go up another level, like you said. Um, I mean, I've always been a fan of Bradley Beal. Um, you know, just how he got to the league, and um, you know, just his progression year by year. I thought he had a little bit of swag, a little bit of toughness in his game. Um, he has that, you know, never give up attitude. Like he just go out there and give you his all. Um, that, that's what I love about him. Um, and, and he started getting um, a lot better with his three-point shooting as well over the last couple of seasons as well. So that's definitely been a big, big benefit for him. Um, you know, I, I, I again, it, he's in your, Another one of those situations where it's, it's a great talent who, who could go to another level. Um, does he want to stay with Washington and 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 see what they're going to do with him for him, or um, or does he want to go elsewhere and, and take while he's in his prime and you know take his talents elsewhere? That that's another thing to look at, I suppose. In his case, um, <laughs> I just don't want him. Yeah, I just don't want to see someone like that wasted again. You know. Um, they just have to get the right man. I mean, if they can get manage to get Masai to leave the Raptors um, by some miracle, and I mean they could because there's been talk. You know, his wife's from Washington, um, and the, what the program he runs in in Africa and that that would be beneficial for him to be in Washington um, oh, yeah. for that program as well. Mm. Um, so I mean, there's things there. Um, the rumors of them offering you know ten million dollars or whatever it was. Like, I mean, if if that ends up being true, I mean, that, that'd that be pretty hard to knock back as well. Um, and then, of course, they'd have to calculate what sort of compensation, I guess, they'll give the Raptors. Because um, I'm pretty sure he's still under contract for a year or two, isn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah, most definitely. I think they would have to give him 
a piece of the franchise too. They would have to give him some stock in the franchise to, to get him away from the Raptors. Yes. Um, another team, the Atlanta Hawks. I love their draft today. I love what they did in the draft. I love that they moved up to four. They got DeAndre Hunter. I love that they stayed at 10. I love that they got Cam Reddish. I'm a bit of, I'm a little afraid as a Knicks fan. I'm I'm a little afraid. And I, this is the team I'm afraid of because with Trey Young shooting, with Cam Reddish, who did not really get to showcase what he should have in college, still averaged 2.1 steals per game. So he's a defender. And you got DeAndre Hunter, who shot great percentage from three-point range, had a great college back, college tournament, had a great college championship game, shut down Jared Culver. You still got Jason Collins. And I love his game. I, his game, it, he went from the first year where he shot no threes, and he came back his next year shooting threes, blocking shots, had a great um, rookie sophomore game. I, I remember that. That was memorable. I like Trey Young, 49 points his rookie year in, in a bunch of overtime games. Um, Cal, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, how you feeling about the Atlanta Hawks? I, I know you said earlier to me something about the Atlanta Hawks. I'm, I just want to know what your – Wow. First thing, I just want to say, and then, and I got Mitchell a question. Where was the Virginia Cavaliers before DeAndre Hunter? But <laughs> as a team, I mean, they I'm had Malcolm saying, Brogdon. You had DeAndre Hunter and you get to a national championship. Says a lot about that young man. Now you add him to one of the worst teams in the league. On the up and up, I think that they have nowhere to go but up. Especially with John Collins averaging a double-double, was it? Yeah, he, he, what was it, nine? Oh, almost, yeah, nine, 19 and nine. Yeah, and, oh, oh, my God. I, I just think the sky's the limit for that team. And Atlanta is going to be jumping for the next couple of years. Like, I can only imagine. Uh, Trey Young, I was always high on him. I really think that he can be uh, maybe not transformational talent, but I think he can really be one of the top point guards in this league in a couple of years. Um. I just think it's the sky's the limit for them. The Hawks, you should be scared as a as a team in the East. They looking like they're coming. They they're come. They ain't coming to play. I also like Kevin Herter too. <laughs> I like him. I like him. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Herter because um, you know m one of my favorite players of all time. I've always loved Dwayne Wade, and um, I, I think he's the white Dwayne Wade. Um, I, I think. Agree. I think D Wade even even acknowledged to him that um, when they swapped jerseys, <laughs> that that he believed in his talents. He saw a bit of him in in himself. So um, yeah, he, he was very underrated even coming in in his draft as well. Oh, I thought, ooh, you know, he, he'd be a good sneaky pick for anybody to get. So yeah, 
I, I'm not just too sure that he might not keep that starting position. Like I'm I'm looking for Cam Reddish to possibly make some waves, but I think he might he might be the starter come November. Yeah. I mean, and 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 that that'd be fine. Like Herder could be turn into a six man and a good, a really good six man, you know. So, um, I I, I I'm in agreement with Cal too. I, yeah. I think that Atlanta Hawks are coming. Um, I wouldn't put it this way. I wouldn't be shocked if they got the you know the final spot for the playoffs next next season. Like it, it just wouldn't shock me. Um, just I know they're going to be young and, and they've got you know more draft picks, you know, in their lineup in the last two years than most other teams. But, you know, I've got a good feeling about them. They coach well. Um, I think Travis Schlenk, you know, coming over from the Warriors and running the show, I I think what I'm sort of looking at is he's kind of trying to build a a young Warriors (laughs) team, you know. I I think he's looking at it as... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he's looking at it as his Trey Collins as his Steph. Um, you know, his his uh Cam Reddish would, would be, you know, his Clay's um DeAndre Hunter would be his Kevin Durant, you know. So I think that's how he's sort of looking at it, like, you know, just younger versions of these of these guys. And um uh, again, I agree with Cal with DeAndre Hunter. I mean, his his team wouldn't have been anywhere without him. Um he, he was being compared most of the season as I was watching the college season by, you know, a lot of folks that um, have been around the college game for years, um, very close to Kawhi Leonard with his two-way potential. Um, you know, he, 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 I'd just like to say he crushed Culver in the, in that final. Um, yeah. And that kind yeah. of, I think that's why, yeah, I think that's why Culver slipped out of the top four. Um, you know, I, I think it's because of that game. Um you know, and, and you can't really work off one game. But, you know, DeAndre Hunter played well all year and he got his three-point uh, percentage up. You know, he was shoot, shooting 43.8 from three. Um, you know, he's having f- 15 points and, and five rebounds on the, on the season, um, which, which can also be improved as well. But, yeah, he, he's got the right mentality to run with those boys. Um, I also love John Collins. Uh, I think he's just going to be a double-double machine. And um, it was good to see that he go out to the three-point line as well. So um, that that's going to be able to stretch the floor for him. Um, and Trey Young, um, you know, I, I, I liked him. I always did. Um, I was a little bit sceptical, like maybe a few folks out there about his size. I was a little bit worried about Um but he, he he proved that wrong for me, and that was the only thing I was a little bit down on him. Um, he had a wonderful season, considering their season. Um, yeah, yeah, Hell I think he's yeah. going to lift his game again. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he'll lift again, um, and he, and he's a good leader. He knows how to find his open man. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be looking out as them as a dark horse to to as I said, maybe get the final playoff spot. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm Definitely got some faith there in him. Put it that way. I agree. I agree. It's crazy because all the it seems like all the young, all the young talent in the NBA right now is really scattered across the league. It's crazy how how we going through a lot of these teams, and I'm just hearing all the talent that's scattered across the league. Another team that was in the playoffs this year, they picked a guy. That probably I think moves the needle as far as championship is concerned, and that's the Detroit Pistons. And they pick Seku Dum Dum Dumunga. 
I probably said his name wrong, but I apologize. Six nine forward from France, um, aka nicknamed the French Zion. <laughs> um, guy got size. Like I say, six nine. He's about two twenty, two twenty five. Seven foot wingspan. Um, just turned nineteen. They could plug him right in that small forward. Hopefully, he has a three point shot. Dark horse to win the rookie of the year if he show out in summer league for the Detroit Pistons. They did make the playoffs last year, and they do have Blake Griffin. My only issue is Andre Drummond. Is can he make a three point shot? Can he stretch his game out to the to the mid range of the three point line? Because the way the NBA is going, the bigs who cannot shoot, you get exploited in the playoffs. A la Jared Allen, he looked terrible in the playoffs. Clint Capella looked terrible in the playoffs. Need to be able to shoot threes. Um, I just want to know your thoughts. And I'm going to come to you first, Kyle. I want to know your thoughts on, on, on what I just said. Well, I, I don't think Jared I don't think Jared Allen did that bad. I think I think sometimes, depending on the way your team is set up. You need that paint presence, but it is good to be mobile. Uh, I think the pay, I think the Pistons have a good team that they're building on. I think that they, if they get the right guard right now, I think guard play is the only problem with them. Blake Griffin is kind of a Swiss Army knife, and he can get get you a bucket. He can start your offense. But I think they relied on Blake Griffin a little too much. So if they can get the right guard, possibly, I don't think they have a lot of money in free agency. But if they can do something to get a guard in that situation, I think the Pistons would be a team for the future that could still, that can possibly, because the East is wide open. As long as Giannis doesn't take it to another level, I think, um, especially with the moves that's going to be made, there's going to be a lot of movement in the East, and the East could possibly be wide open. So, like, if you threw Kyrie Irving on the Pistons, that's probably the only situation I could see Kyrie going to right now, not moving with another star where he could really make a move. But I don't think they have the I don't think they have the money to make that happen. But I I think the Pistons are a guard away. They're another piece away. Blake Griffin is really that good, and we see what he could do with a guard like Chris Paul. I, I think you get him a guard in the East. He, he can he can make some waves. Well, true, true. Mister Mitchell, how you feeling about? Yeah. Um, well, it was an interesting. And also uh, pick about with, um, um, the Seiko. Yeah, it's pick. interesting pick with Seiko. You know, he's, he's a good athlete, um, you know, with good feet work, uh, good hip turn. Um, he's got a nice vertical pop. Um, so I think it was a good pick there. Um, the only thing I, I'd, I'd probably put against him um, was he was somewhat passive at times on both ends. He, you know, just kind of went with the flow. Um, he does not look to leave his mark too, um, which isn't a bad thing, but it just allows for him, you know, just play his role without sort of stepping outside his comfort zone. Um, so he's going to be a little bit of a, a project. Um, yeah. You know, 
maybe won't take as length of time maybe as what Bol Bol might take. But um, with the rest of their lineup, I think, yeah, the, the thing that I've, I thought Detroit's missed for a while is, is great point guard play. Um, that, that's been a big weakness for them. Um, I've never been a fan of Reggie Jackson. Um, I, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's a starting <laughs> he point guard. Right. Um, and, and he tried, you know, when he got out of OKC, tried, you know, standing up the Russ and, you know, puffing his chest out, so to speak. And, oh, you know, I can be the man. I can run, I can run the show on the team. You know, watch me go prove it. And he just hasn't. I mean, he's completely flopped in that regard. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they, they can't rely on, on Blake. And, and I think you're right. They, they kind of need Drummond, if possible, maybe to get a bit better mid-range game and, and, you know, do a couple other things. I don't know if they necessarily need him to shoot threes. I don't think he'll ever shoot threes um, just because – just just be, yeah, just because of his style of play, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, he's just big lunker, um, you know. So, he's sort of in the, you know, um, DeAndre Jordan type mould. There's not a hell of a lot of difference between the two of them. Um, so – yeah, I think most importantly is their guard play. Uh, I think that's what kills them. Um, again, Blake Blake can do a lot, and and of course he's been shooting yeah. better from the three point range the last couple of seasons too. So that added to his game. Um, you know, sort of shying a bit more away from dunking it like he used to. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard with Detroit. You know, they they have got some ballers on their team, but yeah, again, I, I think. The point guard spot is is what might kill them in the end, unless they can get a decent point guard in there. <laughs> Very true. Um, let's see. Got through a couple of teams. Oh, let me get to let me get to. I guess we can get to this team, and then. I guess that's it. Yeah, I can end it. We can end it off that. Um, the Spurs. They got Keldon Johnson. They got Luca Sham. Uh, uh, Luca. Uh, I can't really pronounce his last name, but I know he showed out at the NBA Combine. Six ten power forward. They picked him with the nineteenth pick. Um, they get Keldon Johnson. I'm I, I'm liking what they're doing. They picked three. They I, they picked the third guy. I oh Jesus! I gotta look it up. But the third guy they picked up. Um, if one of you two could look that up for me, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm liking what they're doing. The Demar Derozan thing, I think, is skeptical to me. I think he he will be gone by the trading deadline. If you ask me. Like Marcus saw from last year, I think Demar Derozan is going to be a key piece to a championship team. That's that that's one prediction I got. But just like Marcus saw, but um, I'm wondering how you. I, I, I'm gonna come to you first, Mitchell, and then and then I'm gonna go to Cal. Um, Mitchell, how are you feeling about the Spurs? We know. Greg Popovich is extremely old. <laughs> Reminds me of Hubie Brown, the great commentator. Um, how are you feeling about the Spurs? Uh, yeah, well, they they always come back around. Um, you know they've they've had 
good management and obviously pop there for um, quite some time now. Um, they all they they. I guess I don't. I don't think they ever go into full blown rebuilds. They kind of just keep building on the fly um, as as they keep sort of going. Um, so I like their draft picks though with Keldon Keldon Johnson and Luca Semanic. I think it is. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like he. Yeah, uh, they're very difficult. He was, he didn't do too bad for what was the last season. He was playing for Petrol Olympia. Um, you know, he, he set career high in points in 2018, of course, in in Slovenia Telemac League game. Um, he's a shooter. Um, yeah, yeah, he can. Um, mm. I think he shoots for. You know, like it could always be improved, but. 60 or between 60 65 percent from the field I think it was that he shoots from um, and he, he, he can grab rebounds like there, there's been quite a few great games where um, he got double digit rebounds um, so he was a good pickup from and then of course Keldon Johnson uh, coming back from injury 66 211 pound guard um, you know it, what was he averaging before he went down? 13 points, uh, six rebounds on the season. Um, the only concern with him was his field goal percentage um, was at 46%. Obviously, that, that would need to improve. Um, his free throw percentage was at over 70%, so that was fine. But, yeah, he would need to, he would need to improve his shot um, and, he, and his field goal percentage for sure. Um, but... Again, the Spurs, as, as I said, they'll just tool on the fly. You know, they'll just retool on the fly. I don't know what they're going to do with DeRozan. Um, I have a feeling eventually they might look at trading um, LaMarcus Aldridge. He's even spoken about that he might be intrigued about going back to Portland before he retires and having a run with um, Damian Lillard since they've sorted stuff out. Um, so, yeah, I, again, as long as they've got yeah, yeah. As long as they've got Buford and uh, and Pop there, um, you know, you again, you can't count the Spurs out. So it, it just all depends on um, on on how they build. Um, I do like a couple of picks they got from last year. Like I, I don't mind the Lonnie Walker pick. That I thought that was a good pickup. Um, and of course. Uh, they've got Dejounte Murray to come yeah, back. He missed all of last season, um, and I, yeah, I actually think he's a um, oh, good yeah. point guard. I mean, Off LeBron loves him. LeBron was really high on him when they chose him. Um, I actually think LeBron tried getting him to come over to um, the Lakers there at one point, or orchestrate a trade or something. Um, he was that high on him. So, yeah, they're going to be good next season. Um, <laughs> They'll be thereabouts, of course. As again, you can't never count them out. So, um, yeah, their, their future their future is what what they want it to be. I guess um, they'll, as I said, they'll just keep retooling like they always have. Well, Carl, I'm counting. How you feeling about nah, your good old well, Spurs? I mean, I'm not going to fully count him out, of course. Like he said, to be in all seriousness, you can't count Popovich out. Like the things that he can do with a basketball team, a lot of play, a lot of people can't do. Like he's taking second round picks and making them look like world beaters. So you can't, you can't, you can't really just say they won't make it. I think it'll be tough. 
But DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, I think those are two all-star talents who will make it definitely interesting. I think they'll probably be looking towards like maybe the sixth, seventh, eighth spot. They'll be fighting for that. You think they're out of it? I, I mean, again, I definitely disagree. I, I think they're out of it. Yeah, I think they're out of it. No, oh, I, I think because no, no, I told you earlier myself. I, not to interrupt you, no, no, I apologize. I got, Kings, I got the Lakers. I got a couple other teams. So the and those, I, I got Utah. They'll, they'll be. A, I reckon they'll be about at least four you know. teams fighting over that that last spot. eight. So who? So you gotta get. So who? Somebody gotta get get mm. drop, drop out of the playoffs. At least two to three teams. And I got. For, that's what I'm saying. If the Lakers is gonna make it, and if the Kings is gonna make it, and the Warriors is gonna make it, that's three teams from one division. Thinking, so that means somebody I got gotta the get Clippers, knocked the Spurs, out. and the Jazz. Houston. But no, I, I, it depends. Do the Clippers? Do the Clippers get Kawhi? That's true. Kawhi, that's the that's the also why. I out of coming out of the, the West. Spurs and the Jazz. Those are the only two teams that I'm not sure that made it this year that they're going to make it next year. But I mean, you, again, you can't count the Spurs out, which is why I'm definitely counting Utah. I'm sorry. I, I th- it, Mike Conley is going to come down to him with me, but I, it's it's going to be a dog fight. I promise. Oh, man, it's going to be a dog fight. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's called, yo, the Western Conference. Both conferences, actually. If if you guys both look at it and you look at both conferences right now, presently speaking, nah. you both of you cannot give me a definite champion right now. You 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 just can't <laughs> give me one right it's, now. It's, it's, no. It's too wide no. open. I, I think. <laughs> no. I think. No. Yeah. I, I just, like next season, too wide open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, next season, both both conferences are going to be really interesting to watch because you know it, I, I think there's going to be a lot of pundits and and that 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 will look at it and go, wow, we we really can't like definitively pick one team that's that's going to get out of the race, you know. Um, I think in the West, the late, as I said, that that LeBron AD tandem, as long as AD can stay healthy, um, it, it, they're going to be dangerous. Be, you know, you got two top five talents. Um, so that, to me, I think now with that trade, they've kind of made themselves a target. Like that, there might be the team to beat in the West. Um, again, as long as the rest of free agency goes right for them. As for the East, uh, you know, the, there's a few teams. Like, it, it, Toronto would be favoured, I would imagine, if they Kawhi. keep Kawhi. Um, if they don't keep Kawhi, um, I don't think that drops them completely out, um, you know, because they've still got a Barker, they've still got Siakam, um, Kyle Lowry, Fred Blenthal. They've got a good team there still. Um you know, whether or not Danny Green and Gasol will stay on is another thing too. Um, the Sixers are the ones that I question. That That's that's going to be interesting because if they lose both, Tobias Harris. If they, if they, yeah, lose, if they both, lose both. Yeah. What? Lose both. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think the concern there is, is I don't think 
Ben Simmons is come along the way they sort of thought he might have come along by now. Um, you know, obviously he can still improve because um, he's still young. But, uh, you know, there was impressions on him. Oh, you know, he's just going to be a taller version of LeBron. And I just don't see it. Um, I didn't see it last season. I, I, it's the shot that concerns me and, you know, how far out from the hoop he can shoot. Like, if, if all he can mainly do or what he's best at is, is getting into that rim well, you know, I've seen a few times last year teams, you know, defensively work that out really quickly and, and kind of shut him down a bit in a, in a lot of games. Um, and then with Embiid, I love Embiid. Um, I love his attitude. Mm-hmm. I love his, you know, lovable character. Um, I love his play. He's, he's, he's one of the top, you know, defensive um, centres. And if his three-point shot came along a little bit more, it, it'd even monster. make him just that little bit more dangerous. Um but again, with him, it, it, it all comes down to health. Um, and if they ride on him too much, he's probably going to break down a lot more often, you know. Um, and I'd even say at the moment, that's his team. That's that's not Simmons' team. It's it's definitely Joel and Bede's team. Um, so I think they've got to kind of build around him more so than anything and get the right talent around him for things to go right. Yeah. Cal, before you jump in and talk about the Sixers, well, I got a question for you. So, since we're talking about the 76ers, are we banking on Ben Simmons' work ethic for him to get better, or we banking on Joel Embiid's health more? Because I think even if they lose both Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. I think they'll still make the playoffs. I think they'll still be a top five team in the, in the Eastern Conference. If Ben Simmons well, get a jump shot. So I don't think what, what do you think? that he's going to get a jump shot in 90 days, 100 days. I don't think he's going to – I mean, I think he can try to develop it. But it, on top of – once he finds – I actual, because honestly, I think it's the whole shot. I, I don't think that shot is going to work for him. I think he needs to change the shot. So that's going to take a whole year of development. And then he's going to actually have to implement it for that whole year. So I, I don't think a shot is just what's going to change it because it's going to take a while. It's not just a, a night and day thing. If it was that easy, I think everybody would do it. I think Dwight Howard would be making free throws. I think Shaq would have made if it was that easy. But uh, I want to say as, as much as I don't want to say it because I feel like Joel Embiid has been a big part of what they've been doing. And I, I don't think it's what he needs to do on the court. I just think it's more of being available. Um, I know his he, he had a lot of problems with his stomach. And he wasn't one of the most healthy eating people. I know I seen a picture <laughs> of me in a cheeseburger while getting the massage on the sidelines before. So I don't I don't know if that's necessarily how you want to go about being one of the best athletes in the world. So I yeah. I, I, I think if Joel and B could get it together, but honestly like you said starting this I think they gave up way too much for Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. Even though they had a good run, I mean, they didn't even get to the finals. If they don't get these two players back, that might be 
one of the worst moves of the NBA last year. Like Lindsey Shamit, but I they, they missing. Here's Shammett. the thing. <laughs> yeah, they missing him. They missing him. But if they both don't come back, sure. I think the Sixers got sixty sure. million in cap space. Sure. So they could talk to people. It ain't. It ain't like it's all it. over. Used to play Even though that together, seems right? like the doomsday scenario. You know they Why could not? throw some money at D'Angelo. Why not? Yes, they did. Yeah, why not? But again, <laughs> why I like I, the I fit too. I, like you were saying with like uh, it being that's crazy. And Joel and B's team, I think they're both so dominant that at one point we're gonna have to figure out just whose team it is and who we're building around to really make them go yeah. to the next level. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think they're gonna have to decide whose team it is and and who you're gonna more build around out of those two. Um, I guess Ben Ben Simmons is going to have to show a lot more improvement this this upcoming season um, than what he showed this past season too. So I think by the end of next season they they might have an idea of of which one out of the two would be better to sort of push us the face and 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 go in that direction with that that player. Um, you know, obviously for Ben it, it's improving his shot um, and. And stuff like that. Whereas with JoJo, it, it's more, um, you know, what he's eating and and what he's doing in the gym to to keep his body right. You know, um, I know not every player that that comes into the league is, is going to treat their body like LeBron James, of course. Um, but you know, I think they all should take at least a page out of his book. You know, because he stays on that court a lot more than most people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but LeBron, well, LeBron he's nowadays, yeah, he's, third, he's also thirty-five, <laughs> so he also reserved the right to be able to do that. I mean, all the greats did. At some point, I mean, you can't carry. It's to some point you got to take a step back, or you're going to end up being hurt like Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles to get to the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. I I never yeah. forget <laughs> hella yeah. hot water. Go on, make the playoffs. <laughs> Good he he just he Bryant. just had to do too much, Good you know. That Bryant. that was what was wrong Speaking. with Kobe in the end. Um, they just completely left him with nothing, you know. And yeah, I I blame that on D'Antoni though. I blame that on yeah. D'Antoni. You ran you ran Kobe to the ground. Dwight Howard is is. His personality is way different from Anthony Davis, so I can understand why him and Kobe would go at it. And it was it was just a terrible fit. It was yeah. Kobe just felt like he had to take over, and I felt like that was bad, man. That was bad. That they really destroyed the 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 good end of a legend's career. I did not like the way the Lakers handled that. And then give him – and then the fact that they gave him 25 – they gave him a $50 million contract, knowing he was going to be bad and knowing that they was going to be bad. This is why Mitch Kupchak got fired. And that yeah. goes into yeah. what Kyle was saying earlier. <laughs> He's talking about Mitch Kupchak and, and the way he does business. And it's just – it's just terrible the way 
you know, the, the Lakers was run before. Probably now they probably got it a little together after the Anthony Davis trade to 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 save face. Um, since we brought up Kobe and thinking about high school players, for we all get out of here. Um, I want y'all to give me one guy from the 2020 draft that you want everybody to look out for that you think is going to put a, have a name for themselves. For me, I got Jaden McDaniels, 6'10", small forward. You got to look him 